Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? It's your boys, John Lee. And Jack Coughlin. And welcome to another episode of Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. Today, we're joined by a special guest, Nicole Gaglani. You just told me how to pronounce your last name, and I probably butchered it again. But uh, <laughs> yes, all the way from the Philippines, she covers the Lakers uh, for SB Nation, uh, Silver Screen and Roll. So we're, we're like co-workers. So that's sick. And she's also a sports anchor for V81 Radio and Lakers Nation PH in the Philippines, holding it down all the way in Asia, 15 hour time difference. Uh, just she had to uh, get up early for us, but we're very thankful that you can recap last night's game and talk a little battle of LA with us. So Nicole, welcome to the pod. Yes, thank you, John and Jack, for the invite. I'm glad to be here. Having more Laker pride than whatever that was the Lakers showed yesterday. <laughs> I wish I was here, but better circumstances for my team. <laughs> but yeah, nevertheless, I'm glad to be here recapping the game with you guys. My only Clipper friends. <laughs> yes, it, we'll be the only ones. And I need to mention to the audience, I, I think without Nicole, I probably... Jack and I probably wouldn't be doing this pod because she, she helped me get uh she helped me get a writing gig when I was first starting out you know, just on Twitter just scheming trying to find something I saw one of her articles I asked her uh about writing and then she directed me to last word on sports where I currently write and then I eventually built up my portfolio built up my Twitter account and eventually got to here so Nicole is one of the reasons why we're here. So Jack, we should be very grateful that she's the real she, MVP. Yeah, that she's gracing us with her presence. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you for that. I pulled a Reggie Jackson. Yes, that's great. You're, you're gonna do great on this pod. So uh uh anyway, today we'll recap the Clippers Lakers game from last night. Uh talk the battle of LA in general, and then Jack and I are gonna put down our next weekly wager. So you guys ready to get into it? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. All right. So the big topic of discussion is last night's uh, Battle of L.A. The Clippers completed the four-game sweep of the season of the Lakers after a 132-111 win. Uh, Reggie Jackson led the way with 36 points, nine assists, and eight rebounds, and a plus 44. Um, He... The Clippers met little resistance in the first half, but then the Lakers eventually got some stops, took the momentum into halftime uh, and cut the lead down to three. Uh, But that first half, Robert Covington really came in and uh, was a force like he usually does. He had a couple of threes, was getting deflections like he usually uh, does for the team, especially off the bench. It's a huge boost Uh, to start the second half. LeBron, uh, a, per, a bit of a controversial call. He didn't get mm. the continuation on that mm. and of one. And even some people thought that that was almost a nine point swing. And it led to a huge run by the Clippers who eventually led by 29. Uh, the Clippers were plus 32 with LeBron at center. And then at the end, Reggie Jackson kind of just took over and got in the paint. He was hitting tough shots, hitting the roll and the slips. He went at Russ a little bit, which is pretty interesting, but Overall, pretty satisfying game for the Clippers. But Nicole, <laughs> Nicole, I want to start with you. What is your first impressions of that game? Yeah, so for the Lakers at this point, we Laker fans are used to this mess already. Like, it's not something <laughs> that's very new. Obviously, getting blown out by the Clippers always hurts, right? I mean, it sucks. But at this point, it's been happening for a while. Not just to the Clippers, but our recent few games or past few games and mm-hmm. last night was just an example of how horrible our season has gone like we barely have anything positive to look <laughs> at 
honestly. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a. No, it's okay. It's a clipper audience. That's okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, you yeah. guys will enjoy this anyway. <laughs> but then, yeah, uh, I think the biggest difference from yesterday's game was that the Lakers shot. I'm pulling out the box score now. It's the Lakers shot 34.3% from the perimeter, from the three point area. And can you guys guess how how many did how much did the Clippers shoot from the three point area? Uh, no, it was a lot. What yeah, was it? Sixty three point zero. Yeah, sixty three percent. The solid. The shoot three percent from the three point area is insane, and I think, of course, the Clippers have uh, efficient shooters, right? But and Luke Kennard somehow turns into Steph Curry every time he plays the Lakers. (laughs) He's better than Steph Curry. What? Yeah, like right now. (laughs) Yeah, you can make that argument because Steph's been struggling, right? But. Mm -hmm. That's another story. But then, yeah, it just goes to show that the Lakers' defense was so bad. Sorry, I'm basing it on the Lakers' side of things. No, it's okay. Their defense has been problematic all season. Lately, they haven't been closing out. They don't put effort into, um, you know, just clo- yeah, closing out on their defenders or covering the paint. Zubac went ham on the paint last night, scoring 19 points. And... Uh, yeah, they allowed the Clippers to shoot 54.8% inside. That's a big no-no, especially for a team that's supposed to play the supposed to be the bigger and faster strong, fa- bigger and faster team. So it just sucks, basically. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned how Zoo was getting so many inside points, and I feel like a big reason for that was uh, a lot of the minutes. Well, either LeBron at center or Dwight at center. And, yeah. you know, obviously LeBron doesn't usually play center in his career. Yeah. So it's very tough for him, especially at this age. So hit Zoo and uh, Hartenstein, they were getting some easy looks inside. Mm-hmm. Or just if the defense collapsed, they would kick it out to an open shooter. And that's how we hit a lot of our threes. So, like, I was wondering, like, what do you think about those LeBron at center minutes? Because obviously, you know, it can help the offense to get a right. five-out kind of offense. But, you know, then defensively, they're they're definitely undersized. So, well, because the Clippers were plus 32 and the LeBron at center minutes for that game. So, mm-hmm. what do you think? Because obviously, you guys have been running that a lot. Well, what do you think about it? Actually, the LeBron at center wasn't the initial game plan. I don't know if you noticed, know but the Lakers started with Dwight, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Frank believed that Dwight could replicate the performance he had five days ago. Well, now yep. six days ago. Because Dwight played so well versus the Lakers. Uh, versus the Clippers, sorry. <laughs> versus, the, versus the Clippers six days ago where he had a double-double by halftime. So uh, I think Frank and the team were hoping that he could do the same. But, you know, with Dwight, he's 36. Uh, that's been the case for the Lakers this season. Like, they just can't give what... The players can't give what they're asked to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, yesterday was one of those games for Dwight where he just looked washed. Like, he barely belonged in the court. He was late. I mean, can't blame the guy at this point. He's making a vet minimum deal. So... Uh, when that happens, Vogel normally inserts LeBron at the five, and that way he could utilize Westbrook. Westbrook wasn't Russell Westbrook wasn't so bad on offense in the first half. I mean, he got the shots he wanted, but at the end of the day, the LeBron at the five you can only sustain it for a short period of time because you give away so many paint baskets. Uh, no one covers the back line uh you have problems with your point of attack because braun is so focused in the paint that it just did what the clippers were able to do yesterday which is knock down open shots get inside and basically tailu was able to snap that real quick so and the worst part sorry to add to that the lakers couldn't go back to dwight at the five because vogel knew that hey dwight isn't helping he's been a negative for us so the worst part about that LeBron in the five, the Lakers couldn't answer to the Clippers' adjustments. So that made it all worse. Yeah. And they just uh, cut DeAndre Jordan too. So it's not like yeah. there's another center. And then they picked up Wenyan Gabriel, who actually spent a couple yeah. of games on the Clippers. He was okay. He was a big part of the – or he was a decent part of the Nets 
win that they had. He's just a little skinny, but he was de- he was good energy. He could stretch the floor. Do you yeah. think he could help you guys out eventually this season, or do you not see him playing? I don't see him playing, honestly. I really don't. Because if you look at Vogel's um, post uh, interviews lately, he just hints that, okay, yeah, they'll get some time. But knowing him, and he's two-way signees slash contracts, they don't really see enough time they don't eat, get enough time in the court so unless the lakers have fully given up on the season which i which could be a possibility right there's a mm-hmm. universe of that happening if braun you know not decides not to chase kareem anymore <laughs> i'm just kidding. i don't think that i don't think that's happening <laughs> i, I think just, he's gonna I keep going say, i love lebron but then uh yeah i, I don't see him getting enough minutes honestly I really don't I mean DeAndre Jordan barely got minutes so what more he's replacement right so nah mm-hmm. yeah you bring up you bring up uh, all good points I want to shift it a little bit to the Clipper perspective Jack besides Reggie's performance was there anything else that stuck out to you as to why the Clippers did so well I think uh in the first half we didn't see bunch of Marcus Morris and Nick Batum just because Covington was playing so well. And then when they started the second half, those two got going. And then throughout the game, Hardenstein would finish inside uh, an attack pick and roll. Uh, Zubats would attack pick and roll, and he was aggressive. Uh, Terrence Mann was big to start, but was there anything else that stood out to you that you felt was one of the driving forces as to why the Clippers uh, just blew this one open? Yeah, I think just the game plan Ty Lue had going into the game was really great. Like, knowing Dwight at center, we could attack him in the pick and roll, which would lead to some either easy mid-range pull-ups for T-Man got some at the start of the game. Reggie got some. And, yeah, Dwight only ended up playing uh, 16 minutes, I believe. Yeah, 16 minutes. So Vogel saw that we were attacking down the pick and roll. And then right when it switched to LeBron at center, we were like, okay, we're going to go to feed it into Zoo or Hart down low. And they were a lot of times just getting easy dunks, layups. But then if the defense collapsed, they would kick it out to open shooters on the three-point line. So I really liked how the Clippers just didn't let them off the hook. They just were like, no, we're going to abuse whatever lineup we put out there. We're not going to go iso ball. We're going to really try to uh, just take advantage of any lineup you have. And that third quarter run where it was like, what, 30 to six, or there was so many different things. But yeah, it was something like a 36, 30 to six run. And if you watch that whole run, it's literally just – Clippers running up the floor, getting an open dunk, or if they collapse, it's a wide open three. It wasn't like they were playing a lot of iso ball getting it. They were running. They felt more energetic on defense. They were more active hands. Yep, they're just playing a lot harder in that third quarter. Um, And that's, yeah, what they said about the Lakers a lot of the times is, you know, they got all these old guys, so sometimes it's harder to sustain that energy and that youth. So, yeah, the Clippers, I thought, brought that energy in the third quarter and just didn't let them off the hook, especially with LeBron at center, and they just were getting dunks or wide-open threes. And when you get that, you're probably going to probably gonna win the game. So it led to that to that huge lead, and then, yeah, the game was pretty much over. But I love that Reggie uh, – I love the Reggie-Russ encounter towards the I end love of the little altercation. Too. I love it, too. <laughs> so, that was great. Suffered – Sorry, I know it's a Clipper podcast, but as someone who's suffered watching Russell Westbrook throughout the year, when I saw that, I was like, wow, aren't these two teammates or something? Yeah, they don't like yeah. each other, though. They, oh, they, they gotta, don't. Yeah, I read tweets about that, but mm-hmm. I haven't searched it up and confirmed it. So apparently, they really don't like each other, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Russ, I think Russ tried to trip him, I think, after he got crossed, and then he tried to knock the yeah. ball out of his hands after the after the dead ball um apart from this game nicole what is your assessment on russ this season how, how have you felt about his play how did he feel about this Sorry. How, how did you feel how do you feel about how he's been this season honestly it's been brutal it's been <laughs> horrible because actually it's more of just his contract aside from russ himself mm-hmm. Because acquiring him meant acquiring the $44 million contract, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's being paid more than AD and LeBron. Yeah. So you put that there, that mean, that leaves them with hiring these veteran players who they have right now, right? So mm-hmm. that's the collateral damage of his contract. With his play, I mean, honestly, he's not the same player he once was, right? He can barely make layups now on a consistent level. He always misses them. He can't shoot 
for anything. Uh, you know how people say that, oh, he plays hard every night. He gives it to you every night. I think now realizing realizing that that's not true. I don't mean to bash him, okay? I'm not here to yeah. hate on Russell Westbrook. I'm just giving my initial observation. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's not true. I think he plays hard selectively. Not right. I, You guys see the difference? He doesn't mm-hmm. play hard for 48 minutes. No, he plays hard like only on possessions he wants. He's uh, He isn't a good defensive player more often than not. Like... You know how they say, okay, hey, you can't change old habits. You can't mm-hmm. teach a dog old tricks. We all assume, we Laker fans assume that, hey, going into the season, Frank Vogel can um, put something into Russ, can make use of Russ on the defensive end. Because after all, Vogel's a defensive-minded coach, right? He was mm-hmm. able to do it for Schroeder, for guys like Caruso. But whatever, like Vogel did his best, as you can see, and... Russ just makes the same mistakes again and again. And it's it's brutal, honestly. Like, uh, last point is he was brought to LA to pick up the playmaking load for LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. To provide scoring, to provide durability. But he hasn't done that except play at least 59 games. One game he's, or sorry, 58 games. It's been 60 games and the only two games he's missed is because of COVID and the back injury. But that's it. Like, the only thing he's provided best for the team is his durability. But outside of that, his play has been not just up and down, but it's been down throughout the season. And it's just Mm -hmm. sad because the Lakers are paying him $44 million. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope yeah. that's somewhere I did. <laughs> yeah, we saw. Uh, I think we saw some report or something that uh, there's mutual interest in both of both yeah. of them getting finding him a new home, which makes sense. Uh, I, I I respect it that they still want to ride it out. Be like, hey, I mean, the season's yeah. still not over. Like, you're you could still peak. I mean, it, yeah. it's gonna take a long arc to get to a peak, but um, if you get hot i don't know last few games of the season you go into the play-in and then you could not you can catch fire uh get a playoff spot and then you're playing with house money and then oh hey you're on a team with lebron and hopefully ad gets back but it's it's tough there's a lot of uh there's a lot of flaws in the team and it's not necessarily vogel's fault in my opinion from what i saw i think it's 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 roster construction in my opinion i i think especially watching last night's game this th- last night was probably the lowest point, not only just because at the end it, it like completed the sweep. I don't know how much a big of a deal it is because they already had the tiebreaker. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I know. I, I think <laughs> having the tiebreaker. Yeah. Having the tiebreaker was bigger in my opinion. Yeah. So the win before that was important, but it's like the bragging rights and all that. But yeah. last night was just kind of, it was kind of, I don't know. It was just like deflating. I would say on the Lakers and, because at the end, it just seemed in that third quarter, uh, the Clippers would uh, catch fire with a couple of threes from Batum and then Morris. And then Vogel tried to stop the bleeding. Uh, twi- he had to call like two timeouts in the third. Yeah. And then it happened again. Uh, another run kept going. And then I think Reggie Miller was like, why doesn't Vogel call a timeout? And I'm like, bro, he has like two left. <laughs> it's the third <laughs> quarter. So like, what, what do you want him to do? And yeah. I think he's just had his he's had his hands tied and that that's just yeah. it's tough on Frank. I don't want to blame him. I don't give him any blame to be honest, at least from my perspective. For yesterday's game or for throughout the season? Both. I thought he I mean, I thought he tried last night. Like the, I there's only so yeah. much you could do with the hand you're dealt like yes, uh that's like right. yeah. Like to he's play levels. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. I was going to say uh finding minutes for Reeves I think is always good because he'll, he'll give you energy. He could shoot. Um, yeah. He'll cut. And then Dwight's only good in spot minutes. I don't know if he could handle just a full exactly. starting load. Yeah. Like He was starting yesterday's game. Yeah, and that that's kind of – it's kind of tough because he has to find the right combination, and he doesn't know what's, what he's going to get besides maybe LeBron, what you'll get from him. And I think that's the only guarantee. Even uh, Russ, you – Russ, you don't know. Like you could, you could get numbers, but it won't necessarily always lead to production. Yeah. I and think Reeves is really good for them, though. Like yeah, they Reeves found a really real good. gem for and them because like an he, it's really, yeah, 
That's the yeah. thing. It, it was a really perfect spot for him to go because we see a lot of high draft picks sometimes go to these yeah. big markets and they, they get pretty nervous, but like he had no real expectations. It's like, he was just kind of drafted to a perfect place. He's like one of the only young guys on the team. So when he plays, he brings that youth energy, he plays hard, like their second quarter run sure. that made yeah. it close. He was throwing lobs. He was playing D he was making good pass. Like he was the one sparking that run. Like it's like, it's him, it's Monk, it's THT as kind of like the only, like the youngest guys. So yeah. they're able to just give so much energy to the team. And it's, it gets like, it's Reeves and Monk are like two of the best parts about this team that everyone's a Laker fan still really love. And it's because they're the youngest, they got the, that youth and they bring a lot of energy exactly. to help the team. Yeah, for sure. And I love how you pointed that, that out. I love how you guys see that because who Reeves is, uh, should like, his youth, his energy, the effort plays he does is something you don't see from guys like Carmelo Anthony or like LeBron or, or Ariza. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a, it's a fresh side for sure. And going back to your Frank Vogel point, John, I agree with you. He's not to blame, but also if I can just add, he's also not blameless. I mean, right. at the yeah. start of the season, it was annoying how he started DeAndre Jordan for a good more than 15. Oh, no, yeah. No, that he definitely deserves and, something for that. Yeah, and <laughs> his rotation. I mean, I know, like, no fan is happy with their coaches' rotations at all, but uh, just from a fan's perspective, obviously, it was disappointing how Malik Reeves barely got playing time at the start of the season. And, you know, the LeBron at the five, they kind of only figured that out um, uh, at least one fourth into the season. It wasn't something they should have initially gone to right away. So Vogel has had his... You know, he's had his challenges and has costed the team. But he's not, like what you said, he's not the one that's supposed to get the entire blame. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think I want to touch on one more thing before we go to break. Um, On Austin Reeves, the game before when they played uh, six days ago, I believe you said, when he blocked Reggie, that kind of ignited the Lakers in that game. And that brought energy to them and then all of a sudden they want to they want to get stopped so they can go out and run and now they they're feeling the crowd and then this game he had a couple of threes at the beginning uh the lakers fans in the crowd got into it and then he had some lobs uh the one to monk was insane that was yeah we call that arkansas connection because i'm not sure you guys know but just like a background story malik and austin played for the same college uh, high school team in arkansas oh i didn't know that wow so these two are arkansas boys so every time like they love or they their chemistry's in full display or always like hey the arkansas connection is there and these two are the best young players in the team well i'd say they're even better than thd honestly for all the thd's inconsistencies so yeah we we just love to point that out (laughs) yeah i think i think reeves is a good piece that they they should definitely keep it's uh, i i think the that rush trade really screwed them out of uh giving caruso the pay he deserves so and i think that's that's i think caruso's probably he he was arguably the best role player uh, I don't know if I could say that. I think KCP during the championship. Won. Yeah, yeah Caruso and KCP run. were really underrated yeah. for, for that run. Just the shooting, the defending, the IQ, and they could slash too. Like they the cutting so yeah. well. The, yeah, the cuts. Like, yeah, role players are really underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a quick break as we uh, finish off that. Obviously. It, Tough loss for Nicole. Good win for Jack and I. A great uh, win for John and I. A yeah. great win. Clippers sweep the season series on the Lakers. Um, I should have looked up the last time that happened, if that's happened. But I oh guess yeah, that's, that's an interesting. I, I, I don't I do, think it's ever I, happened during the Battle of LA days. I mean, it happened I last year, but it was only three games. It was only three games yeah. last year. And it so. happened. That time happened too. Yeah, we barely. Yeah. yeah so yeah so let's take a quick break and when we come back we're going to get into the battle of la as a whole with nicole and jack
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. So now we're going to get into the Battle of L.A. in a hole with Nicole and Jack. Uh, we're going to start with when it pretty much started in the 2019-2020 season. This was when AD was traded to the Lakers in the offseason from the New Orleans Pelicans uh, and when Kawhi signed with the Clippers and PG got traded from OKC. Uh, this was really the beginning. I remember when both acquisitions happened it felt like the lakers were back was the first initial thought when ad joined and then when Kawhi signed it went to battle of la and it turned into something like of a rivalry and you could tell whenever the stars play it turns into a big matchup i was actually there opening night when oh wow yeah when pg wasn't playing but it was yeah. just Kawhi taking on the the Lakers by himself. This was before the Lakers knew how to play, right? They were, yeah. it was more LeBron yeah. AD was your turn, my turn, but that was yeah. probably one of the best sports environments I've ever experienced wow. just because there was a lot of Laker fans there and they, <laughs> the booze and the loud, the cheers for Kawhi when he got introduced were simultaneously the loudest cheers. So it was one of, one of the most amazing things to experience. Um, they also had another matchup on Christmas uh, that the Lakers or the Clippers took after Pat Bev stripped LeBron in a close. Oh, that's a classic game. That's that's, such a classic. Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. And then then Pat Bev's running around the whole court, like screaming. Yeah. And then the game after that was uh, on the Clippers home court. I believe that was Marcus Morris's first game. As a Clipper against the Lakers, I believe that was my favorite. Yeah, that one. That one. The Lakers were catching stride. Clippers were uh, catching stride a little bit. That's when fresh off they got Reggie, and uh, the Lakers took that game. And then after the pandemic happened, they went to the bubble. Mm. They they faced again in the first game. That was also a close game. Uh, yeah, no believe, Lou Will and Trez that game. I remember. Yeah, no Lou Will, no Trez. Uh, limited Pat. Uh, LeBron had a game winner off his own rebound and then but before that PG did have a clutch three and then the LeBron then the LeBron game winner off his rebound eventually the Lakers ended up winning in the bubble the Clippers ended up blowing a 3-1 lead the second round to the Nuggets so Nicole what what did you think as a whole of that first chapter of the battle of LA I'm sure I'm sure it was great from your end First of all, I love your memory. I love how you recapped all those games as if like you had it on your hands. So that was, <laughs> Thank that was you. great to watch. But then as a Laker fan, obviously I loved it because I mean, you you come into the season and everyone's like, obviously like the Lakers wanted to form the big three of AD, LeBron, and Kawhi, right? And Suddenly, Kawhi, you know, tricks them and just decides the Clippers, which isn't wrong. You know, Kawhi's just doing what benefits him. So everyone starts hyping up the Clippers. And as Laker fans, obviously, well, I don't live in L.A., but of course, those that live in L.A., they'll feel it. Like, hey, there's another team in town, all the billboards and all the, like, identity of L.A.R. way and all those stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that I was mean, tough. Yeah, yeah, for Laker fans, you know, we're possessive. This is our home. This is what we built, right? And suddenly someone's here just trying to take that away and build something. So that was fun. That that year, I enjoyed it so much. I mean, not to brag at you guys. <laughs> at the end of the day, when you win a ring, I know people are always like, hey, bubble ring, bubble mm-hmm. ring, whatnot. It's still a ring that's solidified that will forever be in the Lakers rafters, that will ever tie the LeBron and AD to the franchise forever. So that was a fun year as Lakers fans to witness to see. I don't mean to bash you guys. That's okay. <laughs> to see like the Clippers falter to the Nuggets. We like because they were all talking their shit and everyone was hyping the matchup until 
it didn't happen. So yeah, that was, that was a good year. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. You say about like the signs and how the billboards, yeah. how that, uh, how that rubbed Laker fans the wrong way. I've never really, I I'm sure it's like been talked about, but I never really heard it from like that perspective, how, mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, this is, we worked so hard to build up the city to be ours yeah. and to see like these new kids come in and try to take it from uh, it's kind of, it kind of feels like that, I guess, but from like Jack and our perspective, there was so much excitement. Um, Cause this is the first time someone chose to yeah. come to LA. And then all of a sudden, I think on top of that, the PG trade came out of nowhere because we all thought that uh, Kawhi would just sign, but the roster wouldn't be good enough. So he'd have to go after Jimmy or KD and they were both gone. So like, what are you trying to do? No one even thought about a trade. No one thought he was yeah. available. And then when it all came together, uh, all of this hype, it, that's, that's how off season is. It's all hype. And then that's why the trade deadline is also so crazy because people just, the people love the movement, all of the possibilities of all of that. And then all the nerves that, that it creates, but yeah, for, for that season, at least for our perspective, it was, it was tough. I think it was a, I think it was a lesson that, or a season that needed to be had because if that doesn't happen, you don't get uh, Ty Lu. Yeah. You don't get Ty Lu. You don't realize that, Hey, we should probably upgrade our center from Trez, uh, get, get a legitimate backup, big solid, big. And then I think, it kind of create it kind of you need that scar to teach you what happened and then it turned into the Tyloo culture to what there are today we'll get into that a little bit later but i think um looking back at it it sucked it was it was definitely tough the bubble was was really rough the even the regular season was kind of uh up and down the inconsistencies yeah. guys in and out uh Kawhi having to second right you guys uh, were- third 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 or second Around that, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot, but yeah, like Kawhi having to come off uh, his knee problems that he had from the Toronto series. People forget about that. That's why he had to sit out games. He was still like yeah, a, PG with his shoulder. PG, PG coming off, off double shoulder surgery. Yeah, double shoulder surgeries. He had a hamstring issue uh, that year. And then the bubble, we just phase it out just because it's tough. Yeah, we, uh, we like to not remember that. But but then when you think <laughs> about like the team, the Clippers built around Kawhi and PG that year, in hindsight, like looking back at it now, it, it was kind of questionable. I feel like if, yeah, like knowing what we point. know now about those players around them and then also Kawhi and PG, you know, coming off the injuries and whatever they had, it's it kind of makes a bit more sense as to, you know, of course, when it first happened, we were like, oh, championship 100%. But then in hindsight, it's like, well, you know, this player, Trez, he has his weaknesses. Lou yeah. Will with his weaknesses. Shamit. And then the players around, like, Shamit getting so many heavy minutes. Yeah. And just, yeah, just things like that. I mean, Zubok still maturing, growing as a player. Um, yeah, and just the other role pieces around them. Like, yeah. even Jermichael Green. Like, Batum over Jermichael Green, huge upgrade. Yeah. And of course, Clipper fans didn't want Jermichael Green to go. After that year, we wanted him to play more minutes, especially in that Nuggets yeah. series. But yeah, getting Batum was huge over him for, for sure. sure. And yeah. then yeah, the Shamit trade for Kennard, and then Reggie getting more of a role last year. Morris kind of finding his role. Like sometimes it just takes time for a team to gel. And right. yeah. you know, Lakers got it done that first year. But yeah, for the Clippers, sometimes yeah, you just need that year under your belt to kind of yeah. figure out what you need to do. Mm. And, and I but, think more yeah. than anything, sorry. Oh, oh no, I go ahead. Go ahead. More than anything, it was Doc Rivers. I know he's a top yeah. 10 coach, top 10 of the best coaches of all time, but quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote. His adjustments during the Denver series, it was there were none. No, there were none. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adjustments. Yeah, his adjustments point question mark. Like it wasn't like it, he kept putting Therese in front of. Jokic until like when I was watching that I was like okay dog keep doing that <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. And also, I feel like that year, you know, people didn't realize just how good Jokic was too. Like he kind of, he kind of was a little underrated that year. So I feel like some people just didn't really believe in him. Yeah. I feel like maybe Trez or whoever. Yeah. That was the year where he really put the league in notice. Like, hey, there's a big. Yeah, totally. Like, not just your ordinary big man, but someone that can like do everything. everything. Totally. And literally, the next year, he wins MVP and might win it again this year. Like. Good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Before we move on to uh the next season, which was last season, Nicole, I want to ask, do you think that 2019-2020 roster was the best Lakers roster in the past three years? 
compared uh, to this season and last season? In terms of individual talent, no. And I say that because the 2019 and 2020 team is built around LeBron and AD. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand the reason why they kind of deconstructed that because throughout LeBron's tenure in LA, he's always wanted a playmaker. I think that's an underrated uh, report that nobody pays attention to. Like people just mm -hmm. say, the Lakers, kept breaking, uh, the Lakers keep breaking down what they had. But no, it's just LeBron wants another playmaker, another scorer to carry his load. Hence the Schroeder trade. And then Schroeder didn't really provide the playmaking and like... LeBron had a serious injury last season, hence why they went after Westbrook. So if you study their moves, it's really to ease LeBron's workload, right? Which makes sense. The guy's 37 with having played the most minutes in NBA history. And he's right? getting hurt. So, he's getting hurt now. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's playing with a knee injury right now. And AD's not the most durable superstar to have alongside you. So... I'd say the 2019-2020 team needed at least 20 to 30 points from AD and LeBron in order to succeed. They were phenomenal defensively. They were a juggernaut. Defensively, defensively. Mm -hmm, right. Offensively, they needed uh, peak LeBron and AD to play at their best in order to win, which they were able to pull through. But... Again, last year's team, going back to last year's team, I think it was more of addressing the scoring load, easing LeBron's workload a bit. Hence why they got bench scoring, a.k.a. clutch client Trez and uh, Schroeder. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd say, uh, going back to my point a while ago, I'd say team-wise, 2019-2020 was better. But individual talent-wise, it was last year's team. Mm -hmm. Last season's team, rather, sorry. Yep, that's a good segue because we'll go straight into last season. Uh, I do agree with you that the 2020 team wasn't the most talented, but the reason I think the reason they won was because that roster maximized LeBron, um, at least when the ball was his hands. He got a lot yeah. of shooters and defenders around him. So the next season, they um, acquire Dennis Schroeder and Trez signs with them after he leaves the Clippers which was uh, definitely interesting. There was a lot of – Trez had his moments on offense. He he definitely can be a head case sometimes, but he gives you that energy you need. Some uh, yeah. If, if you're having a lull in your game, he's there. There's the, the entire Lakers center rotation last year was just kind of – It was yeah. weird. Yeah, it was – it was uh, whether it was Trez or Gasol – or AD Drummond. or Drummond. Yeah, yeah. It, it I think the Lakers are just no uh just don't avoid drama whatever but uh on the clipper side of things last season was just the big uh yeah. turnaround to build what they have now at least uh the culture wise uh the clippers had their first season with Ty Lue. they replaced Trez with Serge Ibaka. Reggie Jackson was actually benched uh or out of the rotation to start that season, uh, Luke Kennard uh, and Lou Will were playing ahead of him, and PG was playing the three in that second unit. It was a pretty, it was a pretty good season uh, in the regular season, I would say, even though they finished fourth. But I think that to build upon everything, Kawhi started playing in back to backs. The team looked a lot closer. You saw when Serge went down, Zoo. Uh, kind of took a step up in their defensive rating, went yeah. up. Uh, and then over the course of the season, you saw Reggie cut, uh, come back to who he was around the OKC to Detroit times. Although I do think that the Clippers are the best part of his career playing wise. Yeah. Um, and then eventually we get to the postseason. The Lakers have to get past the Warriors because uh, they drop because of injuries so they had to get past the Warriors in the play-in, which was a really great game. Uh, LeBron had a clutch three, but they and then they eventually went on to play, who would eventually go to the finals, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, went up 2-1. AD gets hurt uh, and eventually lose the series. Uh, the Clippers, on the other hand, get a really tough fight from Luka, and they go up 
two nil on the Clippers. Yeah. They go up 30 to 11 in game three on the, at home. It looks like it's over. And then Clippers make adjustments as Tyloo does go small. Star, yeah. Star star stepped up. Reggie steps up. They go on to the second round and that's where they go on to face the jazz jazz, take a two Oh lead. Clippers come back and tie the series, but lose Kawhi in the ACL injury, who who is still out for. Uh, PG steps up, takes them to the next round, but they eventually fall to the Suns in six games, even though they put up a good fight. So after all of that, Jack, I want to start with you. From your perspective on last season, do you think that would have been the best chance to get the Battle of LA if there was no injuries? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. Because, in the playoffs, you know, yeah. We, yeah, in the playoffs. It's still a tough one because, you know, Phoenix against the Lakers with AD still could have been close. We don't really know. Yeah. I feel like the Lakers definitely would have gotten past the Nuggets healthy. So I guess it just depends on that Phoenix series. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely – I mean, I, I would still feel like the bubble was a better chance because we were literally one game away from that series. Mm-hmm. So we probably should have gotten it done then. But, but yeah, I mean, I was just super happy with the Clippers – uh, last year and it was unfortunate that the Lakers had those health issues and then I also feel like you know the Schroeder Danny Green trade was smart but I do feel like they should have kept JaVale McGee over Marc Gasol yeah. instead of trading away JaVale I feel like yeah. that really hurt them like their whole identity like like uh like Nicole talked about was their defense in that uh 2019-2020 season and Marc Gasol over JaVale you know we could shoot okay but pretty yeah. slow on his feet not as long kind of old yeah. and like we see JaVale still helping out the Suns right now while Marcus Soul's kind of out of the league so I still I feel like that hurt him um but they still had their main pieces Kuzma KCP Caruso but yeah their health definitely hurt them their health finally caught up to them so that really hurt them yeah could have got the battle of LA that year but I still feel like the bubble was probably the best chance yeah and not to make excuses for the Lakers like but it's also important to point out the guys had like a 70-day off-season. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I like. I know everyone went through it. The Miami Heat went through it. Everyone had a shortened off-season. But a 70-day one barely got AD right. I mean, I bet they could still taste the champagne. Like LeBron had mentioned, like he tried to ease into the season a bit. AD came in out of shape so i guess that affected the injuries as well mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that that's i think last season was just uh for the lakers i think most people will call it a wash just because of the injuries for the clippers yeah. obviously it's the furthest they went in the playoffs so it was always great for the fans and it's also something to build upon um and unfortunately this season uh that'll take us to this season this season it would have been great for the clippers if they were able to stay healthy uh unfortunately you can't do anything about Kawhi's situation pg can't really do too much he's hurt but uh i think the lakers really just that front office took a step back uh with the rush trade especially when they could have had buddy healed but i think nicole you touched on it the acquiring russ was to alleviate playmaking duties from lebron and like i I, yeah yeah now that you say that i'm like okay so i guess you can't because I understand, like, you can't just give it, uh, put the ball in Buddy Heald's hands too much yeah. like that. Because I, I feel like he's more going to look for his own than make a play. But I do think he would have been – I mean, I think all everyone thinks he's a better fit. Yeah, so, of but. course. Like, he's a shooter, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's like the Luke Kennard. <laughs> Luke Kennard of the what, Indiana Pacers. And he would have been a great fit. But also – Again, I'm not making excuses. Injuries have hunted this team to all season, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't really say that, you know, they've reached their peak. We've seen Russ at his peak with the Lakers. But it's fair to say that if had the Lakers kept body healed and did not absorb Russ's contract, right. they still could have kept KCP because the initial trade between the Kings and the Lakers was just Kuz and Trez, right? Mm-hmm. But... If the Lakers had done the body heel trade, they would have kept their first rounder or a few of their draft assets, kept KCP, who I think is a phenomenal, is an incredible 
on-ball defender, as a perimeter de- defender who the Lakers significantly miss right now. And yeah, they would have kept their Caruso even, right? Because mm-hmm. they wouldn't go, go beyond the tax. So yeah, that's fair to point out for sure. Yeah, Caruso is probably the biggest uh, the biggest loss in my opinion. Although it, uh, from something from this season, I think it's something you and I have t- touched on offline uh i remember you said oh i love uh the clippers identity and uh the culture because of ty Lu and all that yeah. who almost was uh the lakers coach yeah they fumbled that yeah and then um it, it says a lot about the season he's having with Kawhi not playing and pg missing more than half the year and they're in eighth uh Cl- i think they have a good cushion at eighth and they could possibly go for the seventh but i think this season we're really we're f- I feel for Stu Lance and James Worthy because they, they, they're both two guys that really keep it real on the Lakers broadcast Uh, and someone that watches them that they don't, they don't hold back. And that's something I can respect whether they're winning or they're losing, they keep it real. And uh, Stu Lance is great with opposing teams too. Like he's pretty, he's pretty impartial, but uh, yeah. Yeah. He's great. So I wanted to ask you what, what's something that you see with the Clippers with Ty Lue that impresses you the most? Yeah, I know Laker fans are not going to admit this and they're going to hate me for this. Like, I tell this to my Laker fans friends because here in the Philippines, just to give a preview, we're diehard Laker fans. So every time, like, I tell compliment the Clippers, they get so mad at me, but it's facts. I mean, what the Clippers have right now is everything the Lakers should want. An impressive, I'm not sure if you guys are going to agree, but from the outside looking in, an impressive front office, right? Jerry West knows how to build his team. He's the reason why the Lakers had Kobe Bryant anyway, yep. right? Yep. Like, did you did you guys see the in the All Star Weekend how they were building teams for the, the top seventy five All Star? Yeah, draft? And he was doing the just, draft. Yeah. Yeah, just watch Jerry West and observe like his inputs. You can tell he's a pro at building teams. They have. Going back to the Clippers, they have an impressive FO who can really who really connects with the coach and can build a team that bolds well with Tai Lu's system, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of the roster construction, you have two wings, two great two-way wings, which is very hard to find in the NBA today, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't just trade for wings just like that. They're they're that's the position that's most limited right and then around those two wings let's say the clippers are healthy you have shooters who capable shooters who can shoot at a high rate i mean they just beat the lakers yesterday right Mm -hmm. and then you have bench players you have other wings as well who can you know take the helm when one of the superstars is out the clippers front court may have questions for me from the outside looking in at least Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, Zubak can still contribute, at least better than Dwight and whatever yeah. <laughs> Jordan did, right? And what I like most about the Clippers right now is their identity. Like what you had mentioned a while ago, the bubble formed a scar. And yes, they were la- the laughing stuff. Sorry, I don't mean to bash them. It's okay. okay. No, it's fine. Just keep going. Joke about them for a while, the 3-1 jokes. But at the end of the day, what's important is that they learned from that. They bounced back from that. And I'd say right now, they, ba- they bounced back pretty well. Because honestly, if there's a team that's healthy and a team that I'm really apra- afraid of for next season, it's the Clippers. Because right. of how Tai Lu coaches, who I think is one of the not the best coach. Well, I'd put Eric Spolter above him just because you Yeah, suppose suppose good, yeah. I'd put Tai Lu in that category as well, along with Nick Nurse or to an extent Steve Kerr. But yeah. then he's at least top three, in my opinion. The way mm. he utilizes his players around him that's what makes him so great so yeah the the culture that they built the identity the uh their front office their roster the players in general how they back up the how they how they team along with the superstars it's just impressive to see so yeah i'm, I'm if i were a clipper fan i'd be I'd be excited right now, despite the... Yeah, injury. we're hyped for next year. We're just... Sure. I got to get healthy first. We're just we waiting. Yeah. Both, yeah. both teams. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. Event, hope, hopefully, uh, both teams are healthy next year. Maybe we'll actually yeah. get Battle of LA. Who knows? We might we might get them in the play in this year, and I don't know yeah. how that would play out. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, but we <laughs> we don't we don't know what happened. Yeah, based One on how this season has gone and how Tai Lu has cooked us. No. <laughs> don't we we don't want it. We we literally just want to win first and then yeah, get uh, sure. the very first game to get into the playoffs. So I think that will that will do it on that end. Let's wrap it up, Jack, with the fans' favorite segment. It may not be, it's actually just my favorite segment. The <laughs> weekly wager. And I got a is, close win against the in the in the last one. Yes, Jack, Ooh, tell the people uh tell the people what last week's was. So John had T-Man scoring more than Luke Kennard in this past Clippers-Laker game, and I had Luke Kennard scoring more, and they both had nine points towards the end. And I was texting him. I was like, dude, what do we do? They both have nine points. What are we just going to do? Call it a tie? Like, do we have a tiebreaker? What are we going to do? The fans are going to hate us, our millions and millions of fans. And then Luke got a bucket. And In garbage won. time. Garbage time. It still counts. But it still counts. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take the bucket. loss. I, I believe we're 2-2 two, two now, right? 2-2. Two, two. We're 2-2. Two, two. Two. I owe you money this time. So this two, two, one. 2 no ballerina. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> this one, we're going we're gonna to step it up with a little over, under. So over the next four games, the Clippers play the Knicks, the Warriors, the Wizards, and the Hawks. And our bet is going to be – if the Clippers get over under two and a half wins over those next four. So Jack, what do you want? Of course I'm taking the over. I'm not, I'm not negative like you. Okay. I'm the Disney positive. That is true. You know? Yeah. Now watch I'm taking the over. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think Knicks and wizards should be wins. Okay. Even though we always win the games, we're not supposed to win. I could see that. We're supposed to win, so. Mm-hmm. And I, ah, Warriors have been struggling. Hawks have been all right. They're all. I think it's they're gonna, all winnable. Tight. I literally think they're I all think, winnable. Yeah, they're, all, all, they're always winnable. But yeah, but I think my reasoning for the unders, I think something will catch. Something is going to catch up. I don't know. Um, maybe a lull or something. And it wouldn't be bad. Even even going five hundred, I don't think it's too bad. But I think they need to make up some ground. So all right, Jack's got the over. I've got the under Nicole. Thank you again for joining us. This was a fun episode. Really, really civil, really civil Lakers. Clippers talk. You won't find this anywhere else. I don't know where you're looking. You'll never find it. You got your caption right there. (laughs) It was was amazing. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, It was nice to meet you both. I have Clipper friends now. (laughs) Yes. Nice to meet you. Yes. Nicole, uh, once again, writes for Silver Screen Roll. Uh, What's your Twitter so the wonderful people can find you? Yeah. If you Clipper fans want to follow me, I promise I'm nice. I'm (laughs) at Nicole Ganglani on Twitter. So, yeah. Thank you for having me here. It was great. It was a great conversation. And hopefully we get the Battle of LA next season, not this season because you suck. Yes, but. no. <laughs> we all want it next season. And again, another great episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, rate us, give us suggestions. Tell us what we did well, what we didn't do well. Uh, you can find me at courtside underscore clips. You can find Jack at... Uh, Jack Clippers, the exa- one and only. Yes, that guy. Anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. And as always, go Clips.